Dinosaurs, everybody. Welcome to the Mary and Tom Show. I'm Tom. I'm Mary. This is our show. Yep. Today we're answering your questions. We have 14 questions, I believe. So let's get down to it. What's the first question, Mary? Okay. Sean Watson asks, will there be any more additions to Horse and Musket? When we signed the game with Sean, the plan was for six volumes, and we've done three of those. Now we've done an unplanned volume, and there's probably another unplanned volume that we have in mind. So there'll be probably a total of eight box games, plus the annuals. Uh, we may have one out this year, or it might be delayed till early next year. The pandemic kind of threw a spanner in the works for our schedule, so we've had to shuffle things around a bit and push some things into next year. And that's kind of a big project. Anytime we do a horse and musket game, it's a, a lot of extra work. Um, and this one would especially create a bottleneck because we are working with the developer Doug Miller on, on a final, final, final rewrite of the core rule book. So in addition to laying out the scenario book and the four-page player aid with the separate charts, I have to redo the core rule book. Again. Yep, again. Which is not your favorite thing in the world to do. I don't know if we'll really be able to get that done for this year because everything kind of grinds to a halt when we're trying to get those games put together. That's one reason why we had Doug come on board to try to get some of the stress and the work off of our plate. Next question from Alexander Kalitri. Besides the coming soon list on the website, what games are near release? What upcoming game in the queue are the two of you most excited about? So I would say if he had asked us this like a month ago, the answer would have been Dinosaur Table Battle. But it's already come out and time is linear. Everything with dinosaurs. Okay, well. Dinofolia? No. <laughs> Dino Supply Lines? <laughs> yep. Dino Gauge especially. Dinosaurs on Trains. Everybody loves that. Yeah, so actually Dinosaur Gauge would probably be the next dinosaur game that we have, except for maybe the Dinosaur Table Battles expansion that I'm obligated to make and, and will make. I have a name Just for it, one? actually. I have a name for the first expansion. Dinosaur Table Battles, colon, because Mary demanded it, colon, the first expansion. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, I thought so. But games we have coming out, uh, we have Stilico, Last of the Romans, come out very soon. We have Streets of Shadows. We have White Eagle Defiant. We have Aurelian Restorer of the World. We have the Third District Commander game, which is Kandahar. Dino Aurelian? Yes. That's not what I said. And then we have the Vote and Dual Gauge and all that before the end of the year for sure is, is our plan. We might sneak in another game in there. Uh, we have a couple Hex Encounter games that we have everything done for other than the layout of the rule book. Like, we have the counters, we have the map, we have everything developed and set. It's just finding the right time to release it. When will Shields and Swords Dinosaurs be coming out? That's not on my radar uh, presently. It's still not on my radar, actually. Like, I'm... It is bloop, now. Bloop! Nope, it bloop, is now. Not seeing it. Uh, now, the it next... right there. The next question, I think you and I might have a different answer on. Okay, um... I may get this name wrong. In fact, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get it wrong, so please forgive me. Owen Glindauer asks, when will you release the first dinosaur-themed 18xx game? Not soon. Okay, that's a different answer than I thought, because I thought dinosaurs, Mary's going to you know, gonna jump on that. Not 18xx. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not planning on doing an 18xx game uh, myself. I don't like, think we can do an 18xx game ourselves 
No, uh, we actually had one submitted to us. Uh, this is some years back. Uh, one reason why we didn't do it is because if we were going to do it, we would want to get an official license from Francis Tresham, who passed away recently. Uh, he was alive at that time. We looked into that, and the amount of the license just made it not feasible for our production methods. And yeah, but it was important for us to make sure he received some money for it. Yes. But it just, we just couldn't afford it. Yeah. And that wasn't the only reason we couldn't afford yeah, it. Yeah, because the, the other reason is all those tiles, that adds up real quick. That just, we'd end up with like with $100 games, which is actually typical for, for 18xx, but uh, not typical for us. And I don't see us ever putting out a game with a $100 price tag. It's just not our style or our wheelhouse. Next question is from Mason Sokol. How do you decide when a Cube Rails game is going to be a map system game? and when it will just stand alone. Sioux Line seems obvious to stand alone, but what stopped Tom from making more and more maps for Irish or Iberian Gage? So the one game I'm doing that's like a map system game uh, for a train game is Dual Gage, which is one we're releasing later this year. And I specifically designed that as, as a system with multiple maps based on the erroneous assumption that if I did that and just did expansions every year, they would count as the one train game I was required by Mary to do every year. She has since informed me that that is not the case. So in addition to doing these expansion maps every year, I will still need to come up with a brand new train game. So I was trying to save myself from doing work and end up creating more work for myself. As far as like what, what would become a system, what would not, I mean, really a lot of the incentive is uh, quite frankly financial. So Irish Gage, I designed that for Winston Games, same as Iberian Gage. Now, uh, Irish Gage has been licensed to Capstone Games and they released it and been very successful with it. And if Capstone wanted to do other maps for one of my games you know i'd be open to doing that to a degree i'm not going to get as much financial benefit out of that as i would by doing a new game for us or doing an expansion for a game for us and the reason why i didn't design the maps is you know it took five years for irish gauge to get licensed right so i'm designed this game it might not have gone anywhere and i didn't really see a, a reason to keep making math for something that doesn't go anywhere now it's gone somewhere i don't know uh, i mean really i tend to try to do the least amount of work possible yeah i noticed <laughs> thank you mary Sue line yeah Sue line is such a weird game i wouldn't see doing different maps for that i also wouldn't see doing maps for trans-siberian railroad which is being re-released by rio grande uh, just because that's such a weird and wonky game uh, probably the weirdest of the five games I did for Winsome. The one that's like the most abrasive. I still don't understand why they signed it. I'm, gl I'm glad they did. But it's not the kind of crowd pleaser that Northern Pacific or Irish Gage were. Tom does work hard. Mm -hmm. I, I do. Tom I, appears to work hard. <laughs> I, I kid him a lot, but no, he does he does work. There was Jeez. that one day. That one day, yeah. Okay, next is this one is from Dads on a Map with Field of the Cloth of Gold and your longtime interest in the subject. Are there any other lifelong subjects or settings that you adore and are still struggling to whip into shape for a game? And they're all dinosaur related, I'm sure. Um, they are not all dinosaur related. Well, why aren't <laughs> you thinking of dinosaurs? <laughs> So there have been a couple projects like that, like Field of Cloth of Gold. I also had a lot of interest in the Thirty Years' War and the Treaty of Westphalia. And hey, I did a game on that. 
Um, so I kind of crossed that off the list. A couple things I keep threatening to do, but have not done yet, are games on the Barbary Wars and the War of Jenkins' Ear. I'll, I'll get to those eventually. One Mary of... is really interested in Dinofalia. That's a really interesting <laughs> period. Everybody wants to know how the dinosaurs came up with that treaty. I don't know if Dinofalia will be a great game because it will not exist. <laughs> you are so mean. <laughs> But dinosaur supply lines, come on. We need to know how they got supplies during the uh, Revolutionary War. It's... The Dinosaur Revolutionary War. See, people think this is like some kind of shtick that she does for the podcast, but that that is not true. I can confirm that the, these conversations occur throughout the day. Sometimes at night, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll jolt awake and she's whispering in my ear like, Trying to like subliminally, subliminally, subliminally. Yeah. No, that doesn't happen. This one's from Tom Hall. When not playtesting, what have you been playing lately, or have you taken up another hobby to decompress? Most of the games that get played here is playtesting, like almost exclusively. You know, there's that old saw about once you start making games, all you do is playtest your own games. Well, that's especially true when you're releasing you know, between 12 and 20 new games a year. As far as other hobbies, I mean, there's stuff that we do. We, we try to go for walks. It's kind of hard with the, the heat lately. We watch some television once in a while. Uh, we do the, the spelling bee. It's this uh, puzzle thing where you have these seven letters and you have to make words with them. And uh, Mary and I work on that together during the day. Mostly he's either in his phone, staring at his phone, Oh. Or listening to podcasts. Well, yeah, I listen to podcasts, but I'm, I mean, that's, that's really working. Which is also on his phone, by the way. He wanders around with headphones and his phone stuck in his pocket. So. So he, he doesn't hear me most of the time. That's. I, I would like to actually have a conversation with him someday. We do have conversations, and I use, I listen to the podcasts when I'm working in the kitchen or when I'm putting together wood bits. Generally, I'm not going around all day listening to them. And that also is is work, because most of the podcasts I listen to are historical podcasts, and it's helping me get a, a general sense of a topic. I, I believe some of them are comic-related. There are two! There are two, there are about two comic of books. them that are comic-related. There are two and about there's, com- there's one that's Pope-related, which may or may not ever come up. It will come up. Next year, I'm doing the Nicaea game. It, it, it is coming up. And the ladies have given you information? Yeah. I thought it was supposed to be which pope was hottest. No. They, now, what they do is they rate the popes uh, by different criteria. And one of those criteria is the pope's face. Whatever they find that gives the pope a good face or a face they don't like. But that's a very small part of the score for the pope overall. They get more points for uh, their impact on the papacy, their impact on the secular world, their longevity of their, their term, their um, scandals. It's a very informative show, and uh, they, they will often directly reference the source materials they're using, so it makes it easier to find those sources. So when I'm working on the Nicaea game, it made it easier to get a general sense of, of the thing, while also pointing me at the primary sources I could use to do research for the game. Travis Hill says, hmm, what to ask? What should he have asked, Mary? Well, obviously dinosaurs. Anything about dinosaurs. Travis, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get up to snuff, man. Yeah, you gotta get with it. It's dinosaurs all the way down. Okay, classical goose gave us a bunch of questions. <laughs> so the first is, as a publisher, 
How do you feel about your games being on TTS and Vassal? I think we feel okay about it. I mean, usually with what we would like is people to ask us, can I do this? And we, you know, we'll give you files to do it with. And we might make particular requests about not including, say, a specific player aid, not putting the rule book in the tabletop simulator module, just so that, you know, people who are playing the game own the game. So as long as you're coming to us and, and asking us about it, we're, we're generally going to say, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Classical Goose again. Other than frozen pizza, what did you make in your double oven first? I think some some steak fries or some roasted vegetables. We also did a turnip gratin. We've been doing a few different things because, you know, our previous oven, there were certain things we just stopped kind of making. Like, we used to, we used to quite often have, like, roasted carrots, parsnips, and maybe uh, mushrooms, onions, or potato, you know, as a side dish. And it reached a point where we, we couldn't do that because it, it either wouldn't get done or it would burn. And we even used both ovens. I forget what was in each oven, but they were used at the same time, and it was so much fun. I was so excited about that. So I'm, I'm very pleased with this fabulous birthday present that you got for me, Mary. Thank you. That's for both of us. Mine. No. Any newer films pique your interest? We haven't watched a lot of films lately. The theaters aren't open, so that, that, that's part of it. And we have a lot of older films on DVD or, or Blu-ray that we haven't seen yet. We'll probably watch some of those first before we watch a whole lot of newer ones. We haven't watched many movies because Tom's always listening to podcasts and got his face in his phone. <laughs> no, it's not. Looking at 12 different That's slacks. And we actually watched a movie like uh, two weeks ago. It's called The Grand Day Out. It was a shorter movie. It was really movie. cute. Yeah, it's, it's what, 15, 20 minutes? It's like 30. No, it's, is it 30 minutes? 30. Yeah, it's like 30. Was it? Yeah. It seems so fast. Yeah. Okay. That just moved. I remember watching Magnolia with my dad. And my dad had to go to the bathroom. But he didn't want to leave. He was so engrossed in the movie. And the movie did seem to move. It was three hours long, but boy, it was like, it was over. Classical Goose again. What game in your catalog would be the hardest to make a dinosaur expansion or spin-off of? None of them would be that hard. <laughs> I, I have a different point of view on that. They're all easy to make spin-offs <laughs> or, or expansions. It, I disagree with that, but, you know... Sometimes sometimes people can have a lot in common and still disagree on, on little things. And that's okay that we have different point of view on that, right, Mary? No. It's my point of view or none. Wow. I have a question. Why didn't you... It would have been so much easier if you'd just done what most people would have done, what all people would have done, which would put... Some questions over here and some questions over here. Or have the questions go this way. Okay, so I've written down these questions. No. They're on a pad with two columns. And he only uses the right column. Because I'm left-handed and I need to have the line to know where to start writing. Oh, come on, Tom. That's, no. (laughs) I mean, I'm giving you my honest answer. We have Wesley Vanderberg this time. Any plans to put something in place to reduce prices in Europe, especially after Brexit? 
You can get in trouble on this one. <laughs> okay. Not not really because we really just would need someone in Europe who was willing to deal with our terms. We found that in Second Chance Games. None of the other distributors or retailers in Europe would agree to what would work for us. In order to get those across the ocean, either we're going to have to take a loss or they're going to have to take a loss. Or it's going to be sold at an upcharge, which Second Chance Games sells them at an upcharge. Uh, and they don't make a whole lot of profit on it. I mean, that it is what it is. That's why we have the PMPs available, and we're trying to get caught up on those. We're actually making a lot of progress on those. I think today, just the Horse and Musket Annual number two went up. So we just got a couple more games to put up before we're caught up, and we're, we're, we're getting there. Broken Robots next. Do you have any three- to five-player games in the pipeline? Uh, we have Streets of Shadows. That should be coming out sometime this year, along with Dual Gauge, which is our, our, new, our new train game series. Next year, we have... Another train game that we're not ready to announce just yet, but uh, we're very excited about. And we also have my game on the Council of Nicaea that we referenced earlier in the podcast. And that's going to be an interesting game, I think, because it's essentially a kind of stockholding game about religious doctrine uh, in that players are going to be, quote-unquote, investing or advocating for particular doctrinal positions and the number of people invested in that how much they're invested in that is going to determine whether it becomes orthodox or heterodox ultimate what is the right answer what is the good investment is really a product of groupthink and of peer pressure if you find yourself on the wrong end of that where all of your positions become heterodox and you are going to be a heretic if you have enough support for yourself personally, you can provoke a schism and win the game that way. So it's going to be a very interesting study in group dynamics. And really, for me, that's what three to five player games are all about. Player interactions is about group think. It's about emergent alliances. And that's one reason why uh, when, when people ask, you know, why is it three to five instead of two to five? Or, or why isn't this soloable? Uh, the kinds of things I like to explore in three to five player games are very different from the things we like to explore in two-player games or single-player games. I can't wait for Dino Nicaea! Oh my gosh! Which dino will be the Pope? Oh, with their robes and everything? Oh my gosh! So, un- A little un- dino with Pope getup? Yes! So unfortunately, the Pope did not attend the first Council of Nicaea. I don't care. We still have to have a dino Pope. You know who did, though? And who apparently... Punched someone in the face at the Council of Nicaea? Santa Claus. Mm. Now, what dinosaur would be the best Santa Claus? That is the real question. Mm. Yeah, I still want to see a Pope there. He doesn't have... Pope does not have to be involved in Nicaea. A Pope. A dino Pope. But we need to have a dino Pope somewhere. I don't think you're going to have St. Nicholas dressed up like Santa Claus. No. But you could do that with a dino. Okay, and the last one is from Tom Russell. Can I have some more ideas for dino games? That's not what it says. Read the question. Can I have some more ideas for dino games? No. Stay stay away from my water. Can I have some of your water? Stay away from my water. My throat is parched, Mary. Mary. Mary, please. No. Get your own water. water. Get your own water. More dino ideas, folks. Dinosaurs, everybody.